On the record. On News Talk. You're very welcome back to News Talks on the record with me, Kieran Cuddihy. 53106 is the text number, or you can get me on Twitter as always at Kieran Cuddihy. Coming up on the show, we've lots. Busy weekend in sport, of course, and Donald Fallon will be here for more hidden histories. But before of that, I want to come back to a story I mentioned. Uh, we've decided to take a bit of a forensic look here at the issue of childcare costs in Ireland, something I know that's important to a lot of you out there. It's important to me, I can tell you that. To help do this, we've conducted somewhat of a nationwide survey to see what kind of money parents are having to spend and how that compares in different parts of the country and over years. So what we've done is we've contacted over 130 creches and childcare providers to find the average monthly cost for each county in Ireland. We want to see who's paying the most, who's paying the least, what changes there have been as well, and what changes actually over five years because we did this survey in 2013. So the criteria we used was the average cost monthly for a two-year-old child in full-time care for five days a week. In other words, both parents working before the child is eligible for the ECCE scheme. Now, we'd stand over these figures and we'd like to think they're fairly widespread and comprehensive, but we should say, and it is important to say that, look, there is diversity in terms of types of childcare providers, private or community-based. There is different options that parents go for, not all parents listening for whom childcare costs are an issue go to creches. You know, there's childminders, there's au pairs, there's relatives sometimes as well, not always doing it for free. So those are all issues that we have to take into account as well. But look, what's clear from these figures and from speaking to people and from covering this issue is that the cost of childcare is just a huge financial burden for a lot of people listening. It's up there with rent or the mortgage, sometimes more if you've got more than one child in full-time care and those costs are going up. In terms of the figures, newstalk.com, if you want to find out your own county, exactly what it is, how it compares over the last five years, how it's changed, you can go to the website. We've tweeted it out there as well, at Kieran Cudahy. If you go onto Twitter, you'll find it there, all those details and a link to further details. But just to give you some of the headline figures, Dublin, as you'd expect, is most expensive. It's over €1,000, €84 increase in five years. Now, that's about a grand extra a year is what people are paying extra over the last five years. Now, within Dublin, of course, there's different economies in Dublin. And I'm sure that people will get in touch now from parts of the south side saying, oh, we pay a whack more than that. Uh, But after Dublin, the next highest county is Wicklow, also over the €1,000 mark. Cork, third most expensive. And then actually, it's interesting, you've got the commuter counties in 4th, 5th and 6th, Kildare, Mead, Louth, uh, all following on after Cork. Uh, the cheapest, we should say, from our findings is Longford, an average monthly cost of 650 So the national average is 745 Like I said, go to Newstalk.com to find your own county. My own county, Kilkenny, is 715 One little interesting thing I want to mention before I come to my guest on this two figures for Galway we got because we actually wanted just to check about the disparity within one area between kind of rural and urban and we rang a number of creches in rural parts of Galway 715 was the average Galway City 828 so a significant enough difference there for people maybe in different areas Uh, for more on this we're joined by Francis Byrne the Director of Policy and Advocacy at Early Childhood Ireland Francis you're very welcome Thanks so much Kieran. Now like I said there is I suppose diversity in terms of the options out there and diversity in terms of what parents go for. And we'll come back to that in just a moment, some of that diversity and what it means for the figures. But in terms of those headline figures, I suppose, just what's your initial reaction? Well, I suppose the initial reaction, and thanks to News Talk for letting us react, but also for for allowing us to see some of the figures that, that are now gone live, we really appreciate it. What's really interesting is that if you compare a much larger um, study, which Pubble does every year, 
there is some disparity between your own findings and theirs. However, your national average is within about two euro. So it's just very interesting to see that if you even even though there are disparities, I suppose one of the things that they're able to do is to get a a better breakdown in terms of parts of Dublin, which you referred to yourself, Kieran. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Various economies within. You're absolutely right, and indeed there there are certainly people within Dublin city who'd be paying less than the average. So you're right. You're absolutely right, and not at all surprised to hear about the differences uh, between the the, the various parts of Galway, for example. Now, what our members would say is part of the reason why, and I suppose it's important to say not all of Early Childhood Ireland's members were captured in this, as you have said. So Pubble would, for example, capture the community providers where parents are paying but it's lar- it's much more subsidised. So that would drag your average down. So ju- yeah. I suppose it's important to say that. However, to explain some of the disparities between city and county, say, our members, uh, the private ones, are paying uh, rates like other businesses mm. and that would be why. So they're having to absorb costs like that. So just like shop owners um, and other businesses uh, operating in towns and cities, that that's one of the reasons to try and explain that. So there are additional costs to do uh, with having a business. So, so just to explain that, so I suppose... So, so you're, if you're two of the same providers, one in Galway City and one up in Uchtarard, the one exactly. in Galway City is, has higher costs Has higher costs, full yeah. stop, yeah. Now, again, you will undoubtedly get people who will be telling you, hold on a minute, I'm in rural Donegal, I'm paying as much as you've just said or whatever. Yeah. So there's certainly disparity and, and you've acknowledged that. I suppose the other thing to say is that, and this is not really surprising, given how expensive it is, you know, and you said it yourself, but only about a quarter of all two-year-olds in Ireland are actually in centre-based care and you can understand why. Now, some of that is down to parental choice. It wouldn't be unusual for mothers, for example, to stay at home or only work part-time. Yeah. I think that the ETCHI scheme you referred to probably has a role in that. So the vast majority of, of two-year-olds are not in um and, and and you can understand why. So yeah. the, the economics of all of this are affecting parental choice. And I suppose the, the last thing to say at, at this point is that in case anybody is um, under the illusion that there's any kind of, and I know there's no suggestion of this, but just to be very upfront about it, in case anybody thinks, oh, there must be huge businesses making huge profits, mm. there actually aren't. Um, we've commissioned uh, research. We stayed away from it. It was done independently, uh, which shows that about half of private providers are barely, 52% are barely breaking even. Because what we have in Ireland is historical underinvestment in this area. It's accepted by the current minister. It's accepted by all of the policymakers and officials in her department. It's accepted by everybody who's sitting at the cabinet yeah. table. It's because it's a fact. So because of that, parents, providers and staff end up carrying the can. Um, so parents will say, I feel like, as you have put it, a second mortgage or I'm paying two rents. Yeah. Or indeed three if they've two children. Um, providers will tell us my back's to the wall I'm absorbing rates I'm doing everything Um, I'm having to do an awful lot of administration other businesses don't have to do which of course because children are coming in the door Mm. every day I'm trying to provide really high quality uh, to parents to children and their families and the third thing is that staff are notoriously underpaid it's not a sector that attracts people into it Um, there are our members face big problems in trying to recruit and and, uh, 
retain staff. So all of that leads to a kind of a nightmare for uh, for parents, providers uh, and staff uh, in Ireland. So so that's some of the reasons that the figures are so high in Ireland because of mm. that historic underinvestment. Is that uh, underinvestment compared to what? Compared to other jurisdictions? Compared to other countries. So in Ireland, depending on how you measure it, and I won't go into the technicalities and I'm not avoiding it, yeah. but depending on how you measure it, because of course in some countries children don't start school until they're six, whereas here they start at four or five, for example. So if you're looking at early years in other countries, you can't make uh, a like with, with like comparison. But roughly about uh, 0.2 of 1% of GDP in Ireland is spent on early years. OK, so that would be the schemes that we know about, the ETI that you've just mentioned, the new affordable childcare scheme. There is some what's called capitation that goes directly into um, services to help them to employ higher qualified staff. So all of that mix adds up to approximately that. UNICEF says that you should be spending about 1% in order to be delivering quality to babies, young children and their families. Sweden, which is regarded as the best in the world and the best in the world for two things. One is quality um, and accessibility for all for all children, regardless of their parental choices, regardless of parental income, regardless of where they live and also very low child poverty rates. And they're spending 1.9%. So, one, so that'll one, tell you how far behind we are. One of GDP. Of so GDP. That in Ireland would be what, about a quarter of a billion, would it be? Yeah, so that's exactly what we have said. We have said actually that, and, and in Early Childhood Ireland's uh, budget uh, submission this year, and we said it last year, we would need to be adding about a quarter of a billion to current sp- expenditure over the next five years to get to that 1%. Now, with the economy booming, we may not reach it in five years if there was political wherewithal and funding to do that. Serious political choice uh, would be needed. I suppose one of the other things that we would say is that if you are contemplating parenthood at the moment in Ireland, broadly speaking, and I know again you'll get people texting in saying, hang on a minute, I live in the commuter belt, we had terrible problems trying to get our child into a primary school, but... All of that parked and all of those local issues, if you like, uh, parked. In the round, you know, okay, I'm contemplating parenthood here. I've fallen madly in love and I'm contemplating parenthood, okay? Let's see what's ahead of us. You sort of know when your child is four or five, they'll get a place in a primary school. You're pretty much guaranteed that. Yes. You're pretty much guaranteed by the time they leave primary school, they'll be able to read and write. They'll have a very good education. Our, Our education is considered really good in this country. You'll move on then and you'll think, well, my child would then in the round get a place in a good secondary school. It'll be free. I know that there's costs. There's no such thing with uniforms and everything. But in the round, you know that. okay? but in the first five years of your child's life, the only things that are certain at the moment are six months paid maternity leave, two weeks paid paternity leave, both of which are at some of the lowest rates in the EU. But still. And then depending on where you live. And you mentioned Southside of Dublin. This wouldn't be true across the Southside of Dublin. You're guaranteed ETCHI, provided you can get a place. So from this September, you'll get two years of part-time ETCHI. The minister has committed to that in last year's budget. But again, it will depend on where you live. You might be on a waiting list in parts of the country. There might be no uh, childcare uh, provision near you in other parts of the country. So the first five years of life if you're contemplating becoming a parent are very uncertain. And what Early Childhood Ireland would like to see is greater certainty for parents. 
which means greater investment. And obviously, you'd be addressing affordability so that we wouldn't see fees like this because the state would, as it does in other countries, be investing more. And therefore, over time, you'd see an increase in quality across the board and availability of places and a decrease in fees. Yeah, what I often realise is that I could send my children to the most expensive private schools in the state and they'd be cheaper than what, you've currently, what we currently pay in creche fees uh, every month. But what about the argument, and people will make this as well on 53106, don't have them if you can't afford them. I know, isn't it really sad? I mean, the ec- the economic, the ec- economists in my life say to me, when they hear us on shows like this, they say, why don't you just say, be quiet? They don't quite put it in those polite terms. Uh, the children of today are will be paying your pension. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is the short answer. I mean, of course, you know, people say that. Um, it's a very flippant comment. Children and young people have rights to care, quality care and education. And that's the conversation we need to be having, regardless of who has brought them into the world, regardless of the... Uh, economic, geographical ability or other statuses of their family or parents. Uh, Babies and children have inherent rights and Early Childhood Ireland's position is that one of those rights is quality care and education uh, in your early years, just like you have the right and should expect and we all demand once you go into primary and then post-primary education. Um, we need to start, you know, talking about this in terms, of, and I think we do, I think the minority of people react that way and I think, you know, still at the end of a recession people are feeling really under pressure. There's lots of discussion about uh, public investment and all of that um, and we would like to sort of flip that conversation and say, yeah. well, hang on a minute, what about the rights of these uh, babies and children? Uh, they have rights, they family should have rights and that's the debate we really should be having about our priorities. Yeah, and I'm always struck as well, those people who text in and, and those texts are coming in 53106 uh, saying, you know, if you if you can't afford it, don't have them. They don't have a problem sending their children to free primary school from age four exactly. or five. You know, they're, exactly. they're happy to do that. They're not sending them all off to private primary schools. Exactly. And as the economists again in our lives would say, and are they driving down roads every day that have been paid for by the public purse and all of those things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the public good that we're talking about. And, you know, I, I think if we switch that conversation and our thinking to rights, as you have said, um, it's it's a much better debate to be having and let's have the debate let's talk about what kind of investment I was reading a, a, an economic piece yesterday and it was about um, uh, dependent the dependency ratio in Ireland and which is the, 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 when you look at the overall availability of people, workforce availability those who actually work and now it wasn't around childcare but it was just a, it, it was just about a kind of a broad economic piece and Within that, it just mentioned Ireland's low female workforce mm. participation compared to other European countries. And I knew we were going to be having this conversation um, and it stuck with me because now if people want to stay home and mind their children, that's absolutely their prerogative. Uh, and and I would abs- in no way do I want to imply that that's somehow old fashioned or conservative or traditionalist and we should look down our noses at it. Uh, absolutely not. But if you had a better functioning, cheaper childcare system, I'm, it strikes me that that female participation in the workforce figure would go up, wouldn't it? Uh, that would be the experience everywhere else in the world. Uh, the <laughs> aforementioned Sweden, Finland, Norway, all the so-called, you know, Nordic, where we all look up and go, oh my God, we <laughs> yeah. could have that. Absolutely, it's the case. But you're making another point, which I think is really important. And Early Childhood Ireland would say this. There are some children, babies and children, for whom staying at home 
is the best option. Never mind parental choice. There are absolutely families who have the, you know, and should all, there, there should always be uh, the case that families make that choice. However, what's really interesting in that regard is no matter what the uh, employment status of mothers and indeed dads uh, is at the moment, somewhere, again, these measurements are always difficult, but somewhere between 95 and 98% of three-year-olds are in ECHI. You rightly described it as ECHI. Uh, people know it as the free preschool year. Yeah. And that says a lot. So that's saying that no matter whether mums or dads are staying at home or whatever choices families are making, overwhelmingly people are saying this is actually really good for my yeah. child. And even if I am going home while the child is there or doing whatever I'm doing, I'm not a, I'm not in a job. This is not part of my infrastructure to support the two of us going out to work every day in, in a couple uh, family. Um, I'm choosing this for my child. So I think that's really interesting that there has been a shift in Ireland over the last few years. Um, and in early childhood Ireland, we're not surprised because, of course, we would argue that in the vast majority of cases that that quality care and education is, is good for the vast majority of children. And of course, there will always be children um, it's not good for, for whatever reason. Um, and of course, part of the national debate that we want to have is about uh, what you've just described, which shouldn't be regarded as conservative or old fashioned or mm. somehow not legitimate. Let's look at that. One of the things we would argue is very strongly, um, and I suppose we wouldn't just be talking to the Department of Children and Youth Affairs, we'd be talking to the Department of Social Protection. And I mentioned it earlier, we would like to see an increase in parental leave. We would argue that one parent in a two parent scenario should be supported to stay at home properly the first year of a child's life. So even though we're representing centred based um, settings, we would make that argument um, and we would like to see the government fulfilling that commitment. They have made it. Um, it's in the best interest of babies and children. Um, and so that's the part of the debate we want to have. What happens after one? What happens between one and two and a half or three? Should we be as a country saying, actually, it should be open parental choice? Should we be saying, well, actually, no, we will um, give a, a bigger subsidy? I'm not I don't know. We want to be part of having that debate. Uh, we're interested in looking in looking at those uh, answers. Yeah, the the issue because whenever I talk about this on the radio, I often talk about subsidising crash costs because that's just my experience, my own direct experience of our children. And people text in, and I think they quite legitimately say to me, "Hold on a minute, we're not all in crashes." Why, why should you be getting a subsidy and not us when we use a different service or we stay home? What about that argument that that the investment that to get up to that, if you were to get up to that quarter of a billion mark um, over the next five years, that it should be directed at parents and then they decide essentially how it's spent. In other words, you know, either grants or tax reliefs or some form of saving on the parent side and then either they apply that saving to their crash cost every month or it's a bit of extra bob in their pocket because they're not working because they're staying at home or money for the nanny, whatever. You see, the pro okay, so the problem with that is that because we are so underinvested, we heard it recently in relation to what got dubbed the granny grant, cash payments are not, are not the answer. Tax relief would be a tax a cash payment. They're not the answer. They're not the answer because they're not going to help uh, parents who are not in the workforce or in the workforce and not in the tax net. So it's going to discriminate against a whole class of people. Um, and that would affect a lot of families, say, who have one full time worker uh, in a couple and one part time um, where they may be, if you like, in a in a in a a very finely balanced 
uh, economic situation, they've made particular economic choices. It's not going to affect any parents who are in training or studying. Absolutely want to encourage that, particularly in the, at the tail end of a, of a recession. It's not going to help them because they're not in the tax net. It is not going to, and this is probably the most important point of all, it's not going to, um, one of the reasons we want, we want greater investment is it's not going to have any impact on quality of care. So it won't impact on the quality of care within creches and it won't impact on the quality of care. And you mentioned earlier, Kieran, childminders. Childminders are part of this conversation as well. If um, only 25% of two-year-olds are in creches, where are the other 75%? Yeah. There's a good chance that uh, a significant number of them, of the 88,000 children who are taken care of by childminders every day, it's, it's not going to help to bring them into registration, etc., which needs to happen. So actually, the government is, is the overall policy direction of the government, which is to slowly, we wish they would hurry up, move towards the Scandinavian model, which is a mix of every family in the state gets something. It's going directly into the creche. So fees should be levelling off. And so that's the universal piece. Yeah. And then there's a targeted piece where families on low income, or if you're temporarily on a low income, you get made redundant that very quickly because the two sides of the house in terms of taxation and social welfare are going to be speaking to each other in some, I don't wonderful way in the background. Mm. Uh, the bells and whistles um, in the background will be able to very quickly respond to, oh, um, X's uh, couple and they're uh, they've been made redundant or they're out of work sick and your your subsidy will go up that kind of thing yeah. um, and that there will be in time um, a much more much closer to the Scandinavian model where everybody will pay something there will be a ceiling on that but there will also be a floor of investment so that every child across again across the state no matter what the circumstances are um, of their families, no matter where they're living, will be getting the same kind of quality care and education. And putting money in people's pockets, we're not going to get any of that. All right. Uh, I just want to come back to the survey again before I let you go, because I pointed out something that struck me in it. Uh, the commuter counties, Kildare, Meath and Louth as well, uh, high up the last list. Would that be the experience of, of your members, that, uh, particularly as the economy starts to recover and we have more and more commuters on the road, commuter myself so I know how busy the N7 is every day um, and the M9 that uh, I suppose these figures bear that out to a degree you know there's a, there's a kind of a an insight into the overall economy here Yeah absolutely uh, and indeed um, as I'm sure parents are telling you right now in the text line um, there will be uh, waiting lists uh, now in those areas whereas in the last few years there have been no waiting lists we started to see them in the southern part of the south side of Dublin um, and some of the north side uh, the, the suburbs as well and we certainly are starting to see that again um, I think sustainability of the sector uh, is a huge issue and it's definitely something we know the Minister and the Department are aware of um, there are city and county childcare committees looking at areas of growth um, there are capital grants available to our members to expand and to new members to develop uh, services. That's all part of the picture. And again, it's one of the reasons why we need greater investment across the board. Um, and it is going to be, there is going to be, uh, undoubtedly, there will be pressure points uh, as the economy hopefully recovers. So no, it's not a surprise and it would absolutely fall in with what Pubble has found the last couple of years as well. All right. On that note, Francis Byrne, the Director of Policy and Advocacy at Early Childhood Ireland. Francis, thanks very much for coming in. Anytime, Kieran. 53106 is the text number. Keep them coming in. We'll get to some of those in a few few minutes time but after the break we're going to be previewing the All-Ireland Hurling Final Limerick against Galway
On the record. On News Talk.